Um, this is the Student Voices radio show, Beyond the Ridge, based off our 2019 assembly in DocuJoy, uh, where we interviewed undocumented, undocumented DJ, DJ Sizzle. I'm Olivia Q, a junior at Westridge and a head of Student Voices. My pronouns are she, her. Hi, I'm Keaton, a freshman at Westridge, a member of Student Voices, and the head of the Heart for the Homeless Club. My pronouns are she, her. I'm Sarek Sigo Gutierrez. I am a self-proclaimed jalapeno bagel. I'm a DJ. I DJ nationally. And during the pandemic, I've been doing gigs across the country on Zoom and on the radio. Please follow me at DJ Wildstyle 18 <laughs> on Instagram. So today, our, the topic of our show is the Latinx experience. Since we didn't have the opportunity to celebrate Latinx Heritage Month, which runs from September 15th to October 15th, we wanted to take this opportunity to talk about the Latinx experience. Also, Cesar Chavez Day is coming up on March 31st, so this is a prelude to that. Yeah, so we're just, you know, making up lost time, doing what we got to do. Um, I also want to acknowledge, like, the influx of anti-Asian hate and violence that we've seen lately. Um, that could be a possible topic, student voices. We're trying to think of ways that we can address that. Um, but for now, we really hope that you enjoy uh, this podcast, this video. We got some great guests. We got the heads of Latinx Affinity. Uh, we have an alumna from Westridge um, and we're gonna do their bio. So Sanaya, do you wanna introduce yourself? Okay, hi everyone. I'm Sanaya Vasquez Wright. I am co-head of the Latinx Affinity and I'm a junior, so I'll be graduating in 2022. Um, I'm also co-head of Students for Social Justice and I'm a very active member in Student Voices as well. And I am Mexican and Puerto Rican and Jewish. All right, great, Simone. Simone, I don't think we can hear you. We got some tech issues. No, I'm just quiet. <laughs> okay, hi, my name's Simone. I am the other Latinx Affinity co-head. I am the 11th grade student life representative and I'm class of 22. Uh, my background is I am Mexican and yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Great, we're glad to have you. Um, Vero Roman, is that, that's your last name, correct? That is correct. Yeah, so I, do you want, yeah. Roman. Mm -hmm. Monica Roman, Vero Roman, I graduated in uh, 1991. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, while at Westridge, I was along with uh, Dr. Panina Siegel Gutierrez, uh, founding members of the EPIC Environmental Protection and Interest Club, which was co-headed in, in its first couple of years by uh, the first year myself and Panina, and I think the second year, uh, Monica Aller and some other folks um, started taking um, more leadership roles so that more folks can uh, be involved and keep the club going. So that was um, probably one of my first uh, encounters with the United Farm Workers Union. So that was really pivotal um, as far as being in Westridge and bringing some of my own um, experience from outside of school into the into the school and also probably some of my um, first experiences in um, in activism and then also just kind of learning my place so that was one of the fun things that I remember uh, one of the clubs that I um, was in at Westridge 
Lovely. Wow. Accomplished. Wow. We got some things to live up to. Um, Zedek, do you want to, we already like introduced ourselves, but let's talk a little bit more about our background. Zedek, do you want to talk about your background? Yes. So I am half Jewish and half Chicanx. So my family is from Durango, Chihuahua, Michoacan, and uh, some indigenous, some, some indigenous blood uh, from Baja California. Uh, so that is why I said self-proclaimed jalapeno bagel in the beginning. That's what I call <laughs> the, the last. Great. Um, I'm going to talk about myself a bit because I love talking about myself. No, um, I'm Mexican, second generation, Mexican, Peruvian, Argentinian. Uh, my grandfather on my dad's side is from Cajatambo, Peru. So that's like a little village in the Andes. Um, and my grandmother on my dad's side is from Buenos Aires. And then my, my Mexican grandparents are from Zacatecas and uh, Mexico City. Um, and yeah, I mean, been involved in Latinx Affinity since freshman year. It's been really fun. Uh, and I'm really excited to get into this. Mm -hmm. um, we're gonna start with some like questions uh, for Sanaya and Simone. Uh, can you guys explain to our listeners what Latinx Affinity is, what you do, its traditions, its history at Westridge? Okay, sure. So this year, obviously, it's a little different because it's online like everything else is. But I still think we, at least for me, it's about like a sense of community and especially a sense of Latinx community at Westridge because there is such a lack of representation. Just to add on to what Sanaya was saying, it's just a really nice community. We meet every other week on Microsoft Teams, and it's just an open platform. If we were in person, there would be snacks every single time. But um, unfortunately, this year, we do not have the snacks. But I do think we have built such a lovely community, and we try to have really good conversations about so many topics that we think are important to us. So for example, our last topic was on representation in film and the media. And yeah, I just, that is what it is. Um, it, some of our traditions is we have tortilla day and quite possibly my favorite in the year. And we also have salsa night. So those are just a couple, I'm sure there's more. Okay, cool. Um, how have you transitioned in the digital age? And like, what are some topics that you've recently addressed? Um, well, it's definitely been a pretty graceful transition, I'd say. And I don't think, I think that has a lot to do with the people in the affinity this year. They're just so wonderful and they really engage. And that makes us feel so great because it's so important for us to have such a big, nice community, or not even big, but just a community. Um, so like I said, we did film in the media. We talk a lot about traditions, family traditions. Um, what else did we do? My goodness, there's so many. Oh, getting into Westridge, the admissions process. That one was a big one. Um, so yeah. Okay, cool. Great. Hey, Sanaya, back online. Okay. Um, sorry, you guys. I had some technical difficulties, but I'm back and better than ever. So, <laughs> you know, let's get this going. 
Okay. All right. So Simone talked about it. Um, what Latinx, like Latinx affinity does, um, some really like the way you guys have, have adapted considering like the other groups I've been in and the way they've adapted, you've done a pretty great job and I enjoy going to it. <laughs> Even if it's for 30 minutes, I really do like Latinx affinity. Um, I, yeah, I really enjoyed the last time when we had the conversation about representation in film and media. It was, it's just nice to be able to talk to, to other people that share your experience. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I feel like I've also like I'm part of other spaces that are predominantly Latinx and definitely the conversations that I have in Latinx affinity and in those spaces is definitely different than like predominantly white spaces. I think that's really special that we have the Latinx affinity to do that. Well, look at me at my dominant white space in Malibu. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, we're at Westridge. So we, oh, shoot. Can you cut that part out? <laughs> It's no, it's okay. It's it's true. We're a, a predominantly I'm white place. This when is I went cool. to West Virginia in 1989, I came as a 10th grader. I came from El Sereno Middle School. At El Sereno Middle School, where I grew up, I was in the gifted program. And so some of the things you learn as you, you know, gain experience and time is that Certain opportunities are not afforded to all children equally, but some of the opportunities are afforded to all of the children. So if you're, you were identified in a certain track in LA Unified School District, I grew up in segregated Los Angeles in the 80s, and I went to college in the 90s, and I came of age and became a parent in the late 90s, and I'm now a Chicana in tech. I work for County of Los Angeles in change management. That's what I do. But when I'm not working, I'm also relaxing. And I really believe in the importance of taking care of yourself before you can take care of anybody else. So here I am. What I would say is that when I came to Westridge, my affinity group, as you call it now, which I think that came to be like in 2005, I'm a graduate of Pomona College. And at Pomona College, they do talk about affinity groups and such stuff. And like around 05, it started that I heard that word. But what it really means is like other people who are there to kind of support you. So my affinity group were different people, not necessarily Chicanas or Mexican-Americans. There were a few. Um, interestingly enough, um, I grew up, you know, loving school. My goal was to go to college so I could travel abroad. Like, that's what I really wanted to do. So going to Westridge was a stepping stone in many of my goals. It was not the end all or the be all. I knew I was there for a short time and I was, you know, luckily be able to do many things. Um, at the time there, I used to borrow the laptop computer. Um, they were very gracious. They would let me use it and I would take it home and I would borrow it to do homework and stuff because I didn't have my own. I had a great financial aid package, but I also brought a lot, I felt, to the Westridge community, you know, and I still do. So I'm happy to see all your faces and some of your moms I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I had to go to Westridge all over again, I would do it all over again. You know, it's not easy because anything that you look at, you know, if it were easy, everybody would do it. Yeah. And so you just take the, I guess you just take the good with the bad at times. I think the grown ups in charge, of course, are always in charge. 
but I think some grown-ups are always willing to listen. So we like to find those grown-ups, the ones that are always willing to listen. I hope to be one of those grown-ups. I hope that I am one of those grown-ups. You know, I hope to be that to some of you if you need that. But more importantly, just always knowing who you are. You know, I'm hearing a lot of you really understanding like your histories. Some of you even knowing like the hometowns and maybe speaking the languages of your families of origin. But also remember that family are the people that you choose, your friends, right? Not always your blood. So some of the people that helped me through Westridge, my affinity group, you know, included other students of color, of course, because you end up kind of othering your own self sometimes, which I really encourage you not to do. You know, wherever you stand, there you are, you belong there. Don't ever feel like you don't. Thank you. Oh, you stand on the shoulders of people who came before us. I've gone to um, to enough alumni events to know that it's lonely sometimes, but you have to make your own village. You have to make your own friends. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I have time to talk to you guys later, but I just wanted to make that that mm -hmm. real clear that there wasn't a lot of students that looked like me, but I did have a lot of support and friends, and there was always some grownups who were willing to listen. Thank you so much, Thea. Thank you. And I think that um, she brings up a good point, which is a question, uh, which is just something I wanted to bring up if, if we have time, that a lot of people when, I think any community, but in the Latinx space and speaking from the I perspective have said, well, well, you guys are just lucky to be here. And it's like, and, and there's that sort of, I, I don't know if you guys have felt it, but speaking from the I perspective is like, there's this sort of, understanding that oh well i'm just lucky to be at westridge so asking for you know asking for things that would make me more comfortable is just me being selfish because i'm just lucky to be in this space and i think that a lot of people um and maybe the other or even people that are here now can speak on is is how much culture and life that i think latinx students or uh students of color or students from marginalized groups Mm -hmm. bring to the Westridge community and I and to Westridge's conversations and I was wondering if maybe the Latinx has even if you guys have heard about it or if you talk about it in the was that question or that question is for me oh uh, it was for anybody I was I said the Latinx heads at the end but also like if you want to answer or if Olivia wants to answer uh, Sanaya, were you about to unmute? You're talking just about being like Latinx in general at Westridge and like, yeah. mm -hmm. I think definitely it is, I wouldn't say hard, but you know, you are around a lot of people that aren't like you. So sometimes you do have to, I wouldn't necessarily say hide parts of yourself, but sort of tone down parts of yourself, if that makes sense. But mm -hmm. I think as I've been at Westridge over the years, I've definitely try to like go against that instinct I guess because I wouldn't call it necessarily code switching but I guess yeah like I've noticed I definitely do that when I'm with my friends who are Latinx or people of color I definitely take on different characteristics than I do when I'm in like predominantly white spaces but I think as I've really come into like my Latinx identity and just being at Westridge I've tried to like recognize that and do the opposite and just try not to, you know, hide parts of myself because like 
I don't need to, like I am who I am and people just can, if they don't like that, it's fine. Like, you know. <laughs> Some shock, right? I remember feeling culture shock coming. Cause first of all, I grew up in El Sereno, like we were not minorities and segregated LA, like we were not minorities. I never believed that about myself. I mean, to this day, I know I am not a minority. Like that is just not a fact in my world. But what you do learn is that people live differently than they knew and that some people will look down on you for certain things. Uh, my mom came to this country as an uh, undocumented person and she was also a housekeeper. Some of her first work in the US was as a housekeeper. I'm very proud of her. She's a great woman. I wanna be here without her even today. Hi mom, I love you. <laughs> um, and the ironic or the dream or the thing that people I think marvel about the US is that those of us who come from less means or who are, are actually our families of origin may have been usurped of their means because I could tell you that my ancestors I've recently learned date back to 1821 Chihuahua and also New Mexico. And 1850, and I'm learning that there were that a lot of Chicanos lost their lands. You know, my great grandfather, great great grandfather Pio Roman, was born in 1850, so the border didn't cross us. I mean, we didn't cross the border; the border crossed us. We were on the already on the other side when that happened. Um, I think had some of us known that as young people, we made it feel more included. Like I really do belong here. But I also think we really do belong here, no matter how recently or how long ago your family emigrated here, whether they got here yesterday, last week, on papeles, sin papeles, you know? I think that that is por demás. Like that's something way like divisive that people are really gonna have to get beyond at some point. Um, but again, you know, to know your own uh, family history, to know that you where you stand there, you belong. Uh, interesting fact was that my mom became really good friends with her housekeeper, um, housekeeping employer to the point that I called her grandma, you know, she was like a grandmother to me, she was an elder. We always respect our elders no matter what. And when I came to Westridge, I came to find that her granddaughter, her real granddaughter, I was her play granddaughter, also went to Westridge. So there we were, you know, the help and the, the house people, whatever, you know, we all have that quote unquote fair chance, but some of us have a head, head start, you know? I was prepared because my parents, you know, my mom, my dad taught me to read my mom. That was important to her that I learned things before going to school. Probably same thing with your parents, right? That's home, we learn things before we go to school. But when I went to Western, I did have classmates who were like, well, your mom's nothing but a housekeeper and stuff like that. And I would be like, well, she used to be a housekeeper, but now she works in a factory. She picks me up every day and she feeds me and she makes sure I could come here. So what, you know, there'll always be those people. There'll always be some bitter people or whatever. You just can't let that get to you. You just can't, can't, can't. You just can't. I know it does and it's hard and you might go home and you want to cry. You think I never want to go back there, but you belong there just as much as, as anybody, you know, no matter their name, no matter your name. So I went through that too, ladies. I don't know if other people went through it. I think women from my class, we've been a little triggered in the recent past. Some of us and I, we're going to be 30 years out. I'm, I'm a 30 year, I think this year, my 30 year. 
And people are talking about these issues to this day. I mean, we were hurt. You go from being a token to being a pariah to eventually feeling like a pioneer. Malcolm Gladwell speaks of that. He's a writer for the New York Times. So we're not alone in this. I always tell my girlfriends and people who kind of look like us and act like us that we are not unicorns. There are so many of us out here, you know, take heart. I know when you're going through it, it don't matter who else is out there and who it happened to, but there's others like us. I also want to give a big shout out to Maya Alvarez. She was a couple of classes before me. She gave me some uniforms. She gave me a lot of consejos. And, you know, when it was hard, I had people behind me. So also Bonnie Denise, she was the granddaughter of Raquel Huerta Ford, who also was my mom's employer and made it happen. So that, you know, so many different chains of events had to happen for me to get here today. We could talk about this for a long time. But just know that wherever you, you are, that, that you belong there, ladies. Yeah, speaking off of that, I mean, for me, I definitely find a lot of solace in confiding with the Latinx members on campus, even the parents. Like there's someone in her class, um, her name is Mesli Montes and her mother uh, is Dr. Zitlali. And she really often speaks to like Latinx empowerment and she lectures about this and she teaches about this. And there was this moment in middle school where I was like, I was really upset because I was, again, I've always been like the only one in my class for my whole life. And I didn't start realizing it really till middle school when the academics started getting hard and when I went to Westridge. Um, but she just told me to buck up and keep my head high. And, you know, there are moments where I, I, I don't feel like I'm, I belong. I hear things about affirmative action. Um, people like to put down the brown and black people and say that they're here only because of affirmative action. I'm like, well, how did I get into this advanced course? I worked hard. I didn't like, sorry. <laughs> I continue to say that I'm in places and high level meetings where people continue to say that but if you can't show up if I'm not in the room then I'm not able to tell them you know what we come with our own funding we come with our own federal funding when we get admitted to college we come with our own funding so don't act new like you know people act new all the time so always keep you know keep learning so that when you speak facts you're speaking the right things to the right time and don't think that when people are quiet that stuff isn't going on up here you know there's always a time and a place let them let them be disarmed that's their bad if they assume mm -hmm. I send a lot of my emails as B Roman in IT and when the techs call me and they're talking to me they're like totally discombobulated V you're V yeah I'm V yeah um, so I don't know if anyone else has experienced that. I mean, I'm pretty sure like all of us have experienced that in some way, but um, I do have to say I'm, I'm really seeing improvements within the community. When I started um, in middle school, there was like no one. And then high school, we had a couple more. There was Sanaya and Sanaya came in and was like, my name's Vasquez. And I'm like, that's my mom's maiden name. Oh my God. You know, and we got, um, uh, Z Gutierrez. Um, so we, I think we're, yeah, I love Z. <laughs> we're really like elevating and I'm really happy for that. Um, Keen, do we want to move on to the next question? Sure. Yeah. I mean, we've kind of 
address this a little bit, but um, if anyone wanted to say more about like what your current experience as Latinx people at Westridge is. I mean, I could go, but I also, oh, Simone, were you unmuting? Oh, okay. Well, then I, oh, you are? Okay. No. So I can go. Um, well, I remember one of the things that really got to me because I had come from a predominantly white school where I had always been teased because I was the only one or like one of the only ones. And so it was a lot, a lot of like, it was bad. Uh, and the, the teachers didn't care there. So like, at least at Westridge, the teachers, there are teachers that care at Westridge. I don't wanna make a generalization and I'm also not trying to call anybody out personally, but there are teachers that care. Um, and so, but anyways, I, I came from there being the only one. And then I come to, to Westridge and I remember during like middle school, I was always told, well, but you're white. I was like, I didn't know like you knew my ancestry. That's crazy. Like, <laughs> but um, then I was told that when I would always speak up in class, but it's like, there's two of us in the classroom and only one of us is comfortable speaking. Who, who else is gonna, who else is gonna talk? Um, but, so I've been lucky to like find my voice with that. But I think that the Latinx experience for me at least is great because I can bring something to the conversation. Um, I mean, I love being Latinx, like my culture, my heritage. There's always gonna be those weird comments that you get from teachers like, well, this is how you should code switch or something like that. And you'll be like, but um, I think that the importance is not for me is not to let it shake me. And that's something I've had to learn because no matter where you go, people are gonna be prejudiced or, or say some stuff or do some stuff. And I think something I've, I've learned to do is laugh at it. So <laughs> there's a lot of funny moments that happen because of that. Yeah. Um, Simone, do you wanna speak to your experience uh, being Latinx at Westridge? Sure. Um, it's been pretty good, honestly. And I think, I can say that because I never really had a community of people that looked like me um, and who identified similarly to me. I, um, from kindergarten to eighth grade, went to a predominantly Asian school, which I loved it. And it was Asian and then um, Latinx, but from the schools and the programs I was in, it was predominantly Asian. So my goal was kind of just to be quiet and blend in because I have always felt the need to be smarter um, because I was the only one. And so coming to Westridge, it was, it was really nice to finally have a community where it wasn't so much to for me to be quiet. I'm a very reserved kind of quiet person, but it was more so not blend in, but just be myself, which I think was really great and has allowed me to open up and explore my culture and my heritage a lot more because I'm not the only one. Yeah. 
Yeah, I really feel that. I mean, I definitely, even within the Spanish department, and I know that the Spanish department is like primarily like they're, I don't know, I don't, they're not white, they're Cuban, but they're of like a lighter complexion um, and a different background. But like, they've always really been there for me, like Doctora del Toro, especially. Um, and like, again, I'm, I, I'm in Pasadena and I don't have a lot of Latinx people around me except my mom and she never lets me forget that. Um, but uh, they gave me the opportunity to learn more about my culture, more about my roots. Um, and even like my non-Latinx um, teachers in middle school, they were really supported, like supported of me um, researching that and getting more into it. So I do think that West Church is really, you know, improving in terms of opportunities. Um, it's almost 6.30. We didn't get to all their questions. We got a little off track. Zedek, do we want to play that music mix? Yes, sounds good. Thank you. Um, and I agree that there's always some fear of being the only one, but now we got each other. Sounds like a Disney Channel moment. So as we're dancing involved, because I'm about that. I'm trying to make some coffee. Do what you want to do. I'm ready to dance. I'm like, I've been listening to ZX radio on Friday. Like, what is it at 5 p.m. ZX? Show goes from five to ten, and my my mixes. Speaking of which, keep your eyes out because I will be mixing on there this Friday. <laughs> so add DJ Watt Style if you want the link. Um, okay, so I'm gonna give you guys the option. I've prepared two things. Do we want some mujeres or some hombres? Right now. Some mujeres. Okay, we'll start with that first. Okay, everyone has muted themselves. Okay. Sugar honey iced tea. These don't like me. These won't fight me. And no one just to spite me. Thinking jealous may be hard key. You're rocking with DJ Wildstar. Time you been hating, I know you mad that I'm famous, I know you mad that I'm made. With all the time you been hating, you could have turned into something. Sometimes it works out for people, sometimes it really just does it. Don't do this to be famous, I do this because I love it. I shot a narrow circuit, I took a chance, came from nothing. You have to go for it, one and you have to rise up above it. If you go on and spend people, girl, I think that you bug it. How you want what I have? You ain't working yourself, that toxic energy ain't really good for your health. I think you need better goals, because oh my god, you seem lost. You talking about my music, but what the f have you dropped? Now, what the f have you done? Lazy, you have none. Your lazy ways get you none. I'll go and pray for you, huh? Sugar, honey, iced tea. These don't like me. These won't fight me. And no one just to spite me. I see them talking on the IG. Thinking jealous may be hard key. I got the juice, I got the high C. Do I care? Unlikely. I'm on the train that was soup. The racers men make a threat. Not a gangster, but I could tell you I love to throw hands. I'm racist, big as a scum. I don't like drama, it's dumb. I don't be fighting no women, I don't be toting no guns. I hate domestic abusers, in fact, they all make me sick. Just keep on running, I'm I'm not 
That's the end of the first one. Okay, cool. I'm going to just say the first two artists you heard, the first one was Princess Nokia. She's Boricua. Um, and she threw soup at a racist guy on the on the metro. So she's really cool. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if we should do that. I'm not endorsing that. But um, the second one, Reina Tropical. Okay, is that it? <laughs> 
Reina Tropical, um, LA based band, um, my favorite, you know, I don't know, one of my favorite artists. Um, and then Zedek, who are the rest? So the last song is by a group called Las Cafeteras, uh, if I'm correct there. You know them? <laughs> okay, so I've seen them perform multiple times when I was really little. I remember once I ran up on stage and I was like, oh my gosh, can I take a picture with you? Somewhere. Ima, do we have that some? We have that somewhere. Uh, but they've been my favorite band for a while. They're from East Los Angeles. Uh, yeah, I'm just checking because I know I know, but then do I know I know I know? You know what I mean? uh but i love their music uh and they're really big on um latinx empowerment and uh the chicano movement empowerment great um sanaya simone did you recognize i sanaya i saw you nod your head once but do you guys recognize any of those artists or are there any of your own favorite like latinx artists that you would like to recommend um yes well i also am familiar with las cafeteras um when my mom owned her preschool, the, some people that went um, were friends with them. So we kind of, not that I'm close with them or anything, but I've not hung out with them, but you know, like I know people that know them. Um, but yeah, when I was younger, I listened to their music a lot. Um, I also, I love their sound and their lyrics are so beautiful. What about you, Simone? They all sound very familiar. I. I'm really bad with names, I will be honest, but I will listen to basically anything my grandparents put on. So, yes, I have, I don't know any to recommend as of now, but if it's, if it comes in my head, I'll be sure to let you all know. Okay, cool. All right. I also have another question. Can my dog be the mascot for our affinity, yes. please? Yes. Because she's yes, like the most Mexican person I've ever met. How? Her name's Chicharita and she's a Chihuahua. Look at her. <laughs> I love it. But uh, so two things. One, I little real quick if she knows them. But two, I also saw would recommend. I don't know if they have it on YouTube, but they they uh, Las Cafeteras opened for the Gypsy Kings. It was amazing. Oh my gosh, ten out of ten would recommend both of those groups. Um. Yeah, and if you need of cafetera, I'm super cafetera. I'm having a little espresso, but guess what I'm putting in here? If it's milk, but it's creamy, what is it? Froth, foam, horchata. <laughs> I don't know. La lechera. La lechera. That's okay. Said... Coffee that much, but when you when you do, that's that's why they're called las cafeteras, right? Right. Mm. People who pick coffee are sometimes called cafeteras, but I think they started at a coffee shop, that group. Wow. I gotta write that. <laughs> that's cool. And and that's another, but that's a whole other story. So do you have more music? I was I was really digging it. Thank we're you. gonna um sorry to interrupt you, Sedek. We're gonna dive into some more questions. This is gonna be like a more celebratory aspect. Um, this is my, I'm just curious because this is, I have strong feelings about this. Do you guys prefer the term Latinx or Hispanic? Simone? Go oh, you go ahead, Vero. Chicana. <laughs> my mom's clapping really loudly. <laughs> Next. Olivia, you're like. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I said to Simone. What about you, Simone? Sorry, my unmute decided not to work. Um, well, from the two, definitely Latinx because Hispanic implies you're from European or well, because like the European conquered a lot of the land. So, you know, I want to be a little separate from from the history, you know. Yeah. What about you, Sanaya? Definitely Latinx. I think also being Puerto Rican, I really don't identify with Spain because um, I'm also like part native Puerto Rican as well. So I, you know, really don't, just don't identify personally with um, Hispanic because of, as Simone said, I'm not from Spain, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so definitely Latinx. Um, touching off that, because I've been learning a lot about like Puerto Rico in Spanish class. I know you visited your family not too long ago in Puerto Rico. Uh, yeah, we try to visit um, as much as we can to most of my grandpa's family. So my mom's dad's side is in Puerto Rico or New York. Um, yeah, so we try to visit as much as we can, but What's it like over there? Because I know in 2019, there was the thing with the governor and the texting scandal and the hurricane. And how's that? How's that going? I think especially with the hurricane, uh, my mom went straight after uh, Maria to help. But even when we went uh, two summers ago, um, like when you fly over the island, when you first like go over it, you can kind of see the entire island. And there are um, still a lot of, they call them like blue tarp houses or you can see how much damage was done and how much damage there still is because when you fly over, like I was saying, there are still so many blue tarp areas. Mm -hmm. um, I just think, um, like you were saying, learning about in history class, even though I knew about a lot of the stuff, I think just there's not as much aid given to it as it should be like and right now I know there's also um, a lot of discussion about whether it should be a state whether it should um, whether it should still be a colony or whether it should um, like gain or fight for its independence I think it's a very complicated issue and you know Puerto Rico in itself it's a very complicated issue um do Tell me if I'm wrong, but don't a lot of Puerto Ricans refer to like Puerto Rico as their as their country? Yes, definitely. I think there's when you go there, at least it definitely feels separate from America because in when I go there, it doesn't feel like America. It feels like Puerto Rico. You know, I don't really know if that makes sense the way I phrased it, but I think to me, it's its own identity. And it was even before, um, you know, because it was its own place and the Spaniards had it as its colony. The Tainos were there first um, and then the Spaniards colonized and then the United States took it over. So there really wasn't for a long time like a period of freedom or, you know, of self-expression, does that make sense? Or like national identity? Yeah. Well, there is a big, 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 big national identity. But I think, yeah, definitely it's very separate from America. Yeah. And what we've been learning about more is really the erasure of Afro-Latino people there. It was fascinating because uh, not too long ago, like two years ago, um, people wrote down when they were doing the census, 70, 80, 
might have been about 80% of Puerto Ricans identified as white, which is really fascinating because it's like widely known that a lot of Puerto Ricans are a mixture of, of different backgrounds. Um, but so there's this really fascinating group there. I forgot their names, but they're kind of working to encourage Afro-Latinos to adopt that term Afro-Latinx or Afro-Latino um, and to put it on the census so there can be greater recognition of that community because there's also been a crazy influx of police brutality against them. So yeah, I think we definitely have to have more like discussions about Puerto Rico. I feel like it's often <laughs> ignored. I I used to think it was its own country, to be honest. I was like, wait, it's part of the US? Um, so yeah, uh, let's move on to the next question. Um, who are your greater Latinx influences? They can be musical, they can be political. Um, it could be someone who was a, a big role model for you when you were growing up. Anyone can jump in on this. Um, Maya is definitely my grandma um, because she, well, my grandma and my great grandma. So when my great grandma actually left her husband um, in an abusive relationship and took nine kids and raised them all and I, I often ask my grandma like were you ever sad and she said no because uh she said just because some people may think I oh I had a hard childhood oh I was poor I it's I didn't focus on that so it's it wouldn't be fair for me to say I had a bad childhood just because I had less than some other people because she said she really didn't. She said, and if anything, if it was other people's loss, not my loss, because I still live my life. And I think that's so great. Um, and my grandma, my great grandma would actually help people like cross the border so they could go to um, the a cheaper um, grocery store so they could afford food for their children. And so there has always been this really big woman empowerment uh, kind of feel in my family, uh, especially because they did so much and people could be like, oh my gosh, that's so sad. But like when I think of it, I'm like, oh my goodness, they're so cool. <laughs> so definitely, definitely my family is great. Does anyone else want to, oh, Vero, are you speaking? I said, that's wonderful. I love that. Um, I was mentioning that I recently um, heard more about my ancestry and one particular ancestor I'm very proud to mention is her name is Dominga Perea. Dominga was born like in the 1820s and Dominga emigrated to the US after becoming a widow at 65. And she lived to be 104 and there's news clippings. Um, when she turned 100, it was a big deal in her hometown of Deming, New Mexico, where my great, where my grandfather was born, my great grandfather, um, I guess, settled there. And um, so it's just been so neat. Um, my very good friend, Paula Gonzalez from Pomona College, she's a genealogy buff and has unearthed just so many documents and information about my family that I did not existed, um, you know, a genuine source of pride, but also just to know, you know, the hardy women in my family, I, I know of many, but just to know her has been, you know, really, really inspiring to me. 
Um, when I got that email, I cried as I read about her, just thinking of, you know, all the travails she must have gone through just to make it to where she is. And then, you know, many generations, several generations later, here I am. And, you know, my son as well. So my inspirations, you know, my Latinx inspirations are my, my ancestors, you know, my grandmothers, my great-grandmothers, my great-grandfathers, you know, everything they went through. Something you mentioned about the census. Um, in, my, in the 1860 census, it appears that the enumerators or somebody obliterated um, scores of, of listings on, on the page where my relatives are listed. So I don't know if they changed them from Negroes to whites or if they changed them from free to slave and back to free and then to white. I couldn't really tell, but the, the letter now, you know, is on there, it's W. So that was another way that I think our ancestries and our, our folks, um, their labels, our labels um, have been obliterated, but you know, we're definitely here. Um, you know, the, the, the characteristics, the customs, the foods, the, the music, the traditions, you know, those continue. So we're definitely, we've been here and, you know, we will continue to be here in, in some shape or, or. So I'm excited to see what you guys are doing. Uh, we didn't have this when I was at Westridge. We had our own just friendships, long enduring friendships and a lot of hard conversations in the senior room. Um, that's one thing I think left to our own, uh, my classmates and I, you know, we made great strides. Um, of course I did feel at times there inspired by Juanita, even though I was not in her, in her taller, I was never in her class. I was just glad she was there too. And I was there too. Um, even, you know, my Spanish teacher, Martin Kaplan. He got to be like Latinx, I guess, adjacent, just because he was a Spanish teacher. <laughs> and, you know, they're great people who got it. We actually had a third world class. It was taught by like probably one of the whitest people I've ever met, but one of the kindest, most together um, teacher there, Mr. Mr. Bowen, if I'm mistaken. I don't know. My memory is still pretty good. But you know, there's always people along the way that um, that you forget to mention, and I don't want to, but forget. But there was another person who worked at Westridge, Patience McIntyre. She was a person from one of the office administrative offices, and she was always there for me, and I think other students as well to talk to. So those are kind of some of the, the things that people that I that I want to share. Of course, my mom, and Cesar Chavez, Dolores Huerta. <laughs> That I also uh, relate to uh, my ancestors, specifically my abuela, my grandma Teresa, for Latinx uh, inspiration. And actually, this next song I'm going to play because I think looking at the time, I'm going to go into my last mix soon, right? So yeah. The song I'm going to play is actually, which is a great segue, uh, from a group she really likes called Los Tigres del Norte. Um, it is called Somos Mas Americanos. Uh, I don't know if anyone here knows that song, but it really, this is a song that like I listened to it before 
I had to talk to the teachers or anything. Like it gets me <laughs> bumped up to do uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion work. So I will get into that. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. This was just so, so nice and so unexpected. I, I hope to see you guys around. Thank you for coming. It was really lovely getting to know you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. My brother be an Aztec warrior, go to any extreme and hold no barriers. Chicano, and I'm brown and proud. Want this Chicano, see my oh, yeah. get down right now in the dirt. What's the matter? You afraid you're gonna get hurt? I'm with my homeboys, my ties, my camaradas, kicking back on me, dog, and by me, no, you're not. You're switching going, that's it, like Al Capone. Control our thoughts, so don't never try to sweat me. Some of you don't know what's happening, get by sounds not for you anyway, cause this is for the house. Y 
discoteca, la fiesta no para pena comienza. C'est comme si, c'est comme ça, ma chérie, la 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 la. Francia, Colombia, Houston, Freeze. Balvin, Willy William, Beyoncé, Freeze. Los DJ no miente, le gusta mi gente, y eso se fue muy bien. No le bajamos, mas nunca paramos, eso tomado y bravo. Mi nombre está gigante, me fue a bouger la tête. All right, amazing. You do you want to say who all those artists were just to reclarify Zedek? Okay, thank you, Tia. Yes. Um, well, first, if you want to hear more music, both Latinx and from the world, you can check me out at DJ Wild Style 18 because I will be on the radio this weekend, uh, Friday. But also, so those artists were obviously Los Tigres del Norte, somos más americanos. Uh, <laughs> something that I love about that song is uh, when he says estoy un extranjera en mi tierra means I'm an alien in my own land and I think that that's something that I, I feel a lot and that has been all right okay cool guys I'm sorry we're running out of time at 7 p.m um I want to thank everyone for coming thank you uh Vero, thank you, Sanaya. Uh, thanks, Simone. Thanks for DJing, Zedek. Keaton, thank you for being our Latinx adjacent friend, you know, <laughs> there to ask questions. This has been really great.